Hello friends, today my guest is Allison Charles, the rock star shaman. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's always good to uh, reconvene and reconnect with you. Yeah, we, we got a chance to hang out, uh, I think like a year ago and have brunch. And uh, I see that you've been extremely busy. You've been uh, working on a new book and touring. Yes, I mean, so much has been going on. We met at a time, and if you recall, which you probably do, I was, I mean, I'm super energy sensitive. And the day that we met in the restaurant, remember how I was like, like, I can't sit in this spot. We needed to move. And, um, you know, I, at that time, I was in a very, very, like the deepest initiatory process of my life in many respects. And it was like really my cave my shamanic cave period it lasted over two years and I was working primarily um, that spirit animal came into my life and so there was a lot of death and rebirth and uh, just going into the darkest aspects of my soul for greatest liberation and all of that and so now <clears throat> after uh, recently exiting out of the bat caves I have just gotten so many downloads and so many massive activations and these different energy systems are now within me and also behind me pushing me forward. So yes, I am emerging as a whole new being an entity and in whole new energy systems around me. It's like a, a brand new world. So I'm very excited and one of the things that came through is my book it had been in the works for a long time and in fact my original book proposal was on different subject matter and and one of my trips to bali which is a very dear soul home for me uh i got a download that that book was not to birth yet and i have a very very close sacred relationship with the spirit animal world and they came in and uh asked me to continue to be a voice for them in different ways and thus the book that I am now working on and, and will be out into the world in 2020 is a book on my connection with the spirit animal world. That's stunning. Uh, I, so many things. I, I love Bali. I've been there twice <laughs> and it, it is a, a powerful place, uh, particularly to to retreat and get back in tune with our spirit guides. Um, backing up a little bit, uh, it, it, it sounds like, you know, you had gone into the, 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 the hero's journey cave uh, and came back with some, some new visions. Uh, let me ask you, how, how did you come to terms with with seeing that the the book you were working on wasn't the one to be released at the time that's that's not a small pivot well interestingly enough <laughs> the subject matter of the first book uh you know a lot of what i teach and and one of my greatest saving graces this lifetime and probably many lifetimes is a lot about surrender so it was just really funny how it all worked because the initial book, you know, was going to be a lot about that. So, you know, it was just the irony, you know, they sense a the humor of great spirit and this earth walk when all of a sudden 
you know, I needed to surrender in releasing my book on surrender and uh, <laughs> make this pivot. But uh, yeah, it works really well. You know, the whole book journey for me has been an unexpected one. Ever since I was a little girl, I've been a very, very strong writer and, you know, study journalism and I've been a writer for many big publications. I'm the spiritual columnist for Well and Good and have been for many years, which is the number one rated health and wellness website in the world. And and so writing's always been one of my main jams. And yet, even starting three years ago when different publishers and literary agents were reaching out to me, um, I just couldn't get clear on what the book was. It was almost like you know, in shamanism, you're dealing with the the infinite realms. And so it's like sometimes when there's so many possibilities, it's hard to drop in on one particular thread. So for many years, I've been on this path of the book. And uh, so when it took yet again, another monumental pivot, I just kind of put my hands up and thought, well, this is par for the course, I'm just going to keep in this wild and wacky river that is the book process for me and so yeah I was able to make the change and it, it dropped in really clearly and it felt right so the other one will birth at a later date I'm sure wow yeah the uh the distinction between surrendering or or opening to other possibilities versus um you know in coming from this this black and white patriarchal paradigm of of you know that being interpreted as giving up or uh, not persevering like as a as a wise woman how how do you distinguish those two how would you break that down for someone who's you know needing to surrender but had this heavy story about themselves of, of being a quitter oh man that one's like the, just my heart is exploding at the you know idea of us diving into this particular aspect because it is such a huge one it, like you said especially for our society for this culture over here in the US and for me as well you know I, I before my spiritual awakening I was like literally a born and bred elite level athlete and I ran my first running road race before I was even three years old. My father was my coach. I was a two-time national champion distance runner. You were running I, before you were three? Yeah, there's a picture <laughs> of it. I, I do not make this up. There is a picture proof of me in a little Nike, a pink Nike running outfit and little blue Nike running shoes with a yellow swoosh. And I'm in a road race at not even three years old. Wow. <laughs> yes. So before my memories even begin, I was in being bred into this mode of like titles and accolades and external validations and worth being built around, you know, uh, trophies and the definitions uh, that many of us over here in the U.S. have for what success is. So I'm kind of like a classic case for, you know, never giving up. I was a distance runner, you know, um, and again, like the best in the country more than once at it. And you add on top of that, I'm a, I'm a one in numerology. I'm a Capricorn, which is the goat that always persists, will reach the mountain at all costs, no matter what, never gives up. And it just, my alchemy is kind of a beautiful, perfect storm for never quitting right and 
Um, I mean, this this one layer we could t- talk about for hours, but so I'll you know summarize that aspect of it. But just so your your listeners can understand that uh, I had to do a complete one eighty and uh, shift in my life to step into this divine highest blessed river that is surrender, and how I got there was because. Uh, I, the older I got, um, and then I got into a very deeply karmic relationship that spanned over 16 years. And in that process, um, you know, denial was growing. I was getting more and more misaligned with my earth mission and calling and the whole purpose of why I'm even incarnated on earth this lifetime and these systems of my ego and clinging to what I thought my life should be and what I thought my life should look like. And the ego side was clashing in more and more profound and serious ways with the system of my divine truth and uh, the river of connection where you're tapped into great spirit and great mother earth. And as those systems were converging and clashing more and more, the suffering within me grew because that is our way of our being trying to get our attention. And my body intelligence, yeah, my body intelligence was getting louder. I was having severe autoimmune disorders and severe anxiety, panic attacks. I was on like antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine and there's just a lot going on. Um, and then with the relationship too, there's tons of codependency and some addiction issues at play and it got uglier and uglier and darker and darker until my day where everything changed my divine intervention, spiritual awakening day. And of course there's a whole story around that, but, uh, it, it, my awakening came through facing my greatest fears uh, it was the first shamanic cave that I really entered into, and that was facing for the, finally for the first time uh, after almost two decades of being with my ex-fiance, uh, going into the cave and facing betrayal and um, some really severe, gnarly uh, heartbreak stuff. And uh, me facing it came by divine intervening. It took that level uh, of support and they awakened my clairaudient gift and started to give me directions. And um, again, it, it's it's a whole story. But after that awakening day that happened actually in Brooklyn, New York, um, I asked my former you know fiance to leave and, and never come back. And it was in the next days where I flew to Indiana, where I'm from, where I originally grew up and stayed at my grandma's house. And I had continuous awakenings over the next three or four days. Additional gifts woke up in me. And that was when when I started to finally face the truth of myself, the truth of that former relationship, the truth of earth life and the whole point of why we're even all here and all of these really, really rude, huge awakenings, that's when I finally got it. And I thought, oh, wow, I have not known what the heck I've been doing this whole time. And I had myself convinced I was lying to myself thinking I did And that's when I surrendered and said to God, great spirit and great mother earth, I said, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. I I put my hands up and I just, I, I, you know, surrendered and said, show me the way. And that, that point 
you know, divine interventions, obviously, we don't really have a say over, you know, those swoop in and will rock your world and forever change it positively. But, um, but the surrender moment uh, is, is a place in life where we can choose to, to have that. And from that point, my life has been in a river of pure share miracles because my devotion, I'll wrap this story up by saying that I give myself credit for my devotion to heeding the calls and from, and the calls come in because you surrender and because you communicate to the places that you want to work with. For me, it's great spirit, God, great mother earth and the divine wisdom, love, light, and power that is inside of me. And in surrendering to those places, I open up and allow the divine messages and guidances and the callings to enter into me. And then it is my job and I take responsibility and I am devoted to heeding the calls, no matter how strange those calls might be, how much they might not make logical quote unquote human sense. I heed the calls and by me shifting and making that pivot point in my life, everything, everything, everything completely changed. So surrendering actually has been, and I, like I said, I've been on both the external validation, external best in the, in the country side of things and done the external work. And now on my awakened side, it's all about the internal. Um, I've been on both sides and the surrendering and the internal work is the most powerful thing you can do. I completely agree. It takes uh, bravery in uh, vulnerability to open up to these messages. It, the uh, one thing as, uh, associated with the patriarchy is not listening and being all up in one's head and uh, having a kind of a, a, a spiritual myopia and that capacity to come back to our senses quite literally to what's in the given reality what's evident and listen especially if we are asking for help how would we be able to heed the messages at all if we weren't open to their different ways of showing up and like one of my great exes said when it, when it ain't adding up start subtracting mm. so uh with surrender and the shamanic path, in, in my experience with it, what's heartening is we're not alone on this journey. We can be vulnerable together and the, uh, the influence and alliance with power animals and spirits is something we can learn to work with to get out of our heads and find a new way. Would you share a little bit about how uh, you had mentioned bats uh, were present in your in your cave time in your in your dark night period? How did they help you, and and what what animals have you come to work with on the other side of that journey? Mm. Yeah. So I will first give honor to after my awakening and, and me surrendering and, and then letting the calls come in, I was being guided and, and I just wanted to heal. You know, I never had a, of course I incarnated here to be a shaman and to work my shamanic medicine in the way I'm designed to by 
being rockstar shaman and and sharing the guidance through various forms of media and 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 the u.s a lot i mean I, I do stuff globally but especially over here but in those first calls uh for me to just simply heal and return to my truth i was being guided to shamans and uh, that is where I initially met my main core uh, power animal, which is the black panther. And so we are all assigned a different animal at birth, and that animal will fly or walk or you know be with us, be beside us in every aspect of our journey. But then depending upon what we're going through in life and where our soul is at in its evolutionary journey and what kind of energetic medicine or empowering support our soul needs at particular times, different animals will enter in to offer their guidance and support. But again, it's up to us to take take notice. And uh, so initially when I was having my first awakening, the bear and the frog and the deer all came in. And it's just been so astounding for me, uh, just in all these years of hindsight to look back and especially with the deer, um, you know, to understand because she really taught me in the beginning how to keep my heart open through this shattering heartbreak and and to learn alchemy and and to allow this uh you know what could have been a, a darkest time that could have taken me under to actually ascend me into the greatest uh you know known energies of myself and my life but you know then in in more recent years um, you know, working with grandfather medicine, peyote and, and the blue deer is the sacred animal of that medicine. And that's just one little example, though, of when animals enter in, when you learn how to cultivate a relationship with them and can continue to keep that rapport and connection uh, deep and alive, all the many ways in which they will take you where you need to go. So, yeah, the bat for me, I will forever, ever hold such a special place in my heart for the bat. It just, it started to enter in um, in really deep ways a couple of years ago. And then right after it started to enter in is when I took one of my trips to Bali. And over there, um, I had the most heart-blasting open connection with the biggest bat I've ever seen in my life. They got a lot um, of bats in Bali. Oh my gosh, do they ever. And uh, yeah, I was uh, walking to this like really beautiful fountain area and this man walked by and he had the hugest bat on a leash. Like it had it on one of it, the bat's legs and he walked it over to this uh, stand and, you know, attached the, the bat to this stand so it could hang and you know hang upside down like bats do and in the moment that the bat hung upside down oof even talking about it I could just start bawling because the bat and I looked at each other and in that moment the bat wrapped its you know its right hand and then its left hand and arm around itself and hugged itself and it looked at me and we had such oh. a moment of deep profound connection um we became one in that moment and I could feel the bat's pain and 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 not being liberated and not being free and being tethered back from its true essence and power and it just completely blasted me open and blasted my heart open and I was just standing there in the middle of the street by myself just bawling and wailing and crying and 
you know, it, uh, and, and so, but then in, in more energetic medicine realms and, and spiritual ways, the bat just in, again, the sometimes in the most hardest loving way oh, for over two years, it just continuously, unrelentlessly um, just continued to make me face myself and look at, you know, the darkest aspects of myself and face my greatest fears uh, so that I can really truly be an embodiment of my fullest expression, my fullest self, my fullest power and do what I'm here designed to do. And in order to, you know, be for me, embodiment is one of the biggest things. And in order to be in that embodiment and that expression, you got to face a lot of stuff. So, you know, a lot of people like might look at bad and fear it or think it's ugly or would never want to, you know, quote unquote work with They bat. need to go on Instagram because there's some cute ass bat Instagram. I I got like five of them in my back pocket. I love it. I when love they're it, eating so. fruit, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're incredible. So that medicine, you know, it will, it, it just, and when I would journey, cause the, the bat voyage can be exhausting, right? It's just like, I didn't know how long that cave initiatory period would last. Like I said, it was over two years, solidly, daily. And I thought, oh my God. So when I would journey, I would check in to see like where the bats at. And again, and again, and again, they would show up like right in my journey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I love you guys. But when is this initiatory period over? And it's just been in the recent, you know, like last month, month and a half, where finally they lifted and uh, they're flying a bit further away. So, yeah, I mean, I could share, you know, various stories like that forever. But uh, the bat, again, in the most deeply reverent, uh, challenging way will thrust you into your greatest true expression. Hmm. For people who are listening, and this is like a new language it's it's a new way of of relating to life and they might might be like huh you're calling in black panther you're calling in blue deer like how, as a skillful facilitator how, how do you help someone introduce themselves into this world i mean they they sign up for a retreat they buy a book so they're they're already you know open to an extent but how do you bridge the divide from like a more western you know, man dominating nature model to something of human being, first of all, an animal, humans are animals, and we are in relationship, which as a yoga teacher, I like to remind people through the asana practice that asana means vantage, asana means perspective, and we are shape-shifting through the different forms of plant and animal life through these positions. So in a shamanic forum how do you help someone become connected to animals in a way that uh isn't so out there that they're like huh right right yes so the primary way in which i facilitate that connection is through a shamanic journey a guided shamanic journey and especially for someone whose soul is you know really opening up and and there's something just resonating and connecting with their soul and 
the spirit animal world. So you can already feel that kind of percolation. And there's something inside of you that wants to, to lean into this and to understand it more. Uh, I always recommend going on a guided shamanic journey with a trusted shaman. Uh, and yes. And, and that, especially if you want to meet your core power animal, I mean, really in meeting any of them, but especially if it's your first connection point and you would like to meet the animal who, you know, is, is, has, was assigned to you since birth. Um, I just, yes, always recommend, uh, if you can do it live in person, that's, you know, the ideal way, but I have done guided shamanic journeys for you know certain people uh, if they're on the other side of the world through through Zoom and that of course works as well. But yeah, so I guide people. We set a very specific intention before the journey even begins and place that specific intention into your heart center. And there's different uh, techniques and things that I do to get all systems uh, aligned before we even begin to voyage. And I use my, most times I I use my shamanic drum. Uh, A lot of times I also use my rattles. And then I guide you into uh, the realm that I'm guided to take you into and once into these other realms we call your spirit animal forward and then you're able to receive energetic medicine from them you're able to ask that animal questions and receive guidance and clarity and it's just a whole miraculous beautiful process Uh, and then once I exit you out of the journey return you fully to your physical body then I will continue to uh, talk to that animal and see if there's specific practices and ways in which that animal wants to work with the person. Um, you know, in my book, I'll, I explain different power practices because it's very important to me. If you notice that ladybug keeps showing up and then you go to, you know, my book and you start to read <laughs> and you're like, I've got them all over the bedroom. It's like, oh, probably bedroom too. 300. Yeah, they're, wow. they're all over the place. Of course, yeah. So you're like in a really juicy love period, especially if they're all in that, that bedroom of yours, Michael. Oh, you got to okay. tell me about the ladybugs. Amazing. So, so yeah, it's like if you start to notice them showing up, uh, then it's it's your job to connect with them. And there are so many different ways, like different meditations. And it can really be as simple as, you know, I start every day at my altar. And um, if I'm wanting to call on a particular spirit animal to empower my day, um, like maybe I have a, a big business meeting and I want to call in rhinoceros medicine to just like help me power my way through it and, you know, no boundaries, just really being in my full power at my altar, I'll in meditation call the animal forward and see if it has any guidance for me. But, it, you know, they want us to invite them in. You know, we do have free will. So the more you talk to the animals and invite them into our lives, the more your relationship with just the spirit animal world in general will strengthen and strengthen more and more so mm-hmm. yeah it's really beautiful I'm a, a student of shamanism for I don't know when I went into college I went in early and up until that point I think my main medicine my main spiritual connection in expression was music mm. and then when I got to college I was looking for 
some sort of uh, light in the dark as a new artist in a city. And I bumped into Carlos Castaneda's books and Michael Harner's book. And uh, it, it was a, a fast way to get in touch with the power that I needed at the time I needed it. And humans' connection to the non-human animal world is so powerful. I, believe, I do believe everyone loves animals. I do believe that everyone has an affinity to a particular animal or a set of animals for a reason. I've seen that you believe shamanism is, is for everyone. Uh, is, is there a connection between like the animals we loved as children and reconnecting to them later in life as power animals or spirit guides? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And right as you said that the dolphin came in for me, you know, and uh, it's, you know, I, I just recently in the last few days had a real full circle moment with a dolphin when I was young. I actually thought for a while it might be a marine biologist and I was always very deeply connected with the dolphin um, before understanding them on this spiritual realm side of things. And you know, they really, they're so wise and uh, a lot of times they travel in, in pairs and have like a sacred partner and um, yet they're also really playful. So the beautiful thing for me is, you know, ever since my awakening, um, I, I also teach that you know, in shamanism, in order for us to embody our full power, we have to, you know, continuously face ourselves. And it's vital that we are not bypassed, spiritually bypassed, and only doing the, uh, it's, it's just as important to do the lower chalk work and to face your shadow self as it is to like learn how to connect up and learn, you know, what starseed family you come from and do that like lighter work. You have to go down as much as you go up. And so for so many years on my shamanic path, it, it, it was very grueling. And at times, you know, I, I tried to keep it in check as best as I could, but it was very, it felt very serious, right? Because I'm just like, wow, integrity is of utmost importance to me. And Capricorn. Being, yeah, yeah. And being assigned this mission to do shamanic work so publicly, you know, it's a big responsibility. And so with the integrity and with facing myself over and over, I'm just like, oh my God, you know, it felt really intense. And so after coming out of this cave recently, uh, and goddess Isis will always be, you know, my, my dearest goddess sister. I, I have a lot of her soul particles within me. However, in this pivot point and exiting out of the cave, it was very clear to me. It's like, okay, it's time for me to be in a space and an air of much more lightheartedness and play and laughter. So I called in for the first time. I started working with goddess Anya. She's a Celtic goddess. Who's all about those things. I just listed and fertility and prosperity and just yeah a lot of play in the fairy realm and all this stuff so she and I have, have become recent friends but um, when I was in LA just a few days ago um, I recently in a really beautiful divine sacred union with uh, an incredible king and I, it's just even saying it out loud right now I'm so beyond blessed to be able to say that and to have this in my life and I was um at an event that he was hosting on the beach and I was just sitting outside on the beach chair by myself looking at the water and all of a sudden like just out of nowhere 
I'm sitting out there alone and two dolphins started to breach and just like, and just this gorgeous synchronization, they would come up and show themselves to me and then gently glide under and the whole way across, they just showed themselves to me for like five or 10 minutes. And right as they, you know, were on the the far side, my partner came out and I was just like so moved. And I, I just said, the dolphins just came to us and they were really honoring me for a allowing myself to step into this time in life where there is more playfulness and divine partnership and so that's just one you know one example of like yes in childhood that always spoke to me and now I'm in this place in my life where I'm the happiest I've ever been and then the dolphins came in a pair right as I'm with my partner it just was it's just like yes 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 (laughs) yeah real real magic we just uh open our eyes to the to the world around us it's there mm-hmm. um so the the connection between energy medicine and uh power animals how does that work if if someone let's say is is needing to go into a meeting and rock it like they need to have the attention of the room and be compelling and powerful persuasive would they visualize a powerful animal and then that in turn would give them the energy to do what they needed to do? Yeah, that's one way that you can do it. For some reason, the rhinoceros keeps coming in when it comes to, yeah, like being in our power, especially in in meetings, boardrooms, things like that. And the thing that I, that that just entered in was, um, yeah, again, thinking about embodiment, right? And so as I'm sitting here and I'm calling the rhinoceros in, it's I allow the rhinoceros to enter into me, into my being uh, spiritually and, and like integrate into my physical body. And then I allow myself uh, those really beautiful, powerful horns that rhino- the rhinoceros has, I envision it coming out from like my forehead, from my third eye, and I command that horn to connect me to my highest self, to connect me to source, so that I'm completely aligned with you know those most powerful directions, any of those messages that want to current and 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 move through me as I'm in that meeting so that I know I'm fully in my power and that everything I'm communicating is coming from my highest self and coming from source and then trusting in that and just yeah even right now as I'm as I call the rhinoceros in I can feel it's like brute strength and it's just so solid and it's so anchored and it's so tethered into grounded reality of great mother earth because in order for what we want uh, you know to manifest if we have set a certain intention or a goal to become manifest for this meeting we have to drop down into the manifesting medicine that is great mother earth and that rhinoceros strength and anchoring brute force is that earthly medicine it's really closely connected to her so it's just yeah you know feeling into the essence and the feeling of that animal and integrating it into yourself and embodying it um, and then trusting like once you've done that little like that little thing that I just did took what two minutes and once you've done that little mini power meditation trust in it like you are at one with the energetic medicine of that rhinoceros and enter into that meeting knowing that wow now 
it seems that there is a, a proliferation uh, around the world of plant medicines, which mm-hmm. have have always been there. We've always had allies in the fungal world and the floral world. I mean, this is this is ancient, um, and now in the twenty first century, uh, you can find shamans, uh, not al- not always real ones, uh, facilitating circles with plant medicine. Um, in the statement, shamanism is for everyone. And that's a very grand statement. There's obviously so many different entry points into the shamanic world, which could be, as we've been talking about, spirit animals. They could be through music. They could be through set and setting. And they could also be through plant medicines to, to open up someone's senses beyond the human realm. Uh, I'm curious, is it recommended in, in the, the lineages that, that you come from for a new person? And I know everyone is individual and different. Uh, everyone's a snowflake. But is it a safer trajectory to begin with the visualizations, with the connecting to the power animals, before someone would consider entering into the plant realm. Right. Yeah. No, thank you so much for asking this question. To me, it's quite simple and quite clear and and cut. It's you only ever work with a plant medicine if that medicine calls to you. And, you know, because each of these medicines is an alive spirit. You know, ayahuasca oftentimes is referred to grandmother medicine and peyote, grandfather medicine, and each each plant medicine has an alive, highest intelligence form spirit that is that plant, that, that works through that specific plant in a very specific way. And if the spirit of that plant wishes to commune with you and to connect and communicate with you, it will call to you and you will know the the feeling of, of hearing a call is a very, very, very specific feeling. And you just simply know, you know, if ayahuasca is calling to you, you know if peyote is calling to you, you know if mushrooms are calling to you. And so for the the first many, many, many years of my shamanic path, it would actually confuse people quite a bit to try to wrap their heads around and understand that I was a shaman who had never done plant medicine. And I did not know if at any point in my shamanic path, if the plant medicines would call to me. And I was fine with that. Um, And when they did begin to call to me, it was very loud and clear. And again, based upon my devotion to the path and the way that I live my life, I trusted and I heeded those calls and I continue to do so. And, you know, especially what is the the dearest soul medicine for me thus far in my journey grandfather medicine peyote it has provided the greatest miracles of my life but this is some of the highest most reverent 
honoring sacred work known to the universe, let alone known to our planet, let alone known to us humans. So it is not to be taken lightly. It is not to be played around with. It is not to be mixed with any other substances. It is to be done in a most reverent ceremonial space with trusted facilitators who have devoted their lives to this specific plant. And you should only work with the medicine if this particular plant has called to you to connect with it. Yeah, I completely agree. It's... uh... I have concern for how easy it's become to mm-hmm. in, enter into a a circle and you know that someone could feel like called and that they were curious and a friend invited them but from from my in my opinion I I don't believe that is necessarily the the plant spirit calling um I have concern for people who are drinking or partaking almost on the weekly basis because it's convenient and there's a channel open for it. But how could one possibly receive and process a download from a ceremony uh, within a week? That's like having 10 terabytes downloaded and being able to process it in 10 minutes. It's, I don't believe it's possible. Or necessarily good for the psychology. Uh, I've my experience of people who do it a lot, and I know that's a generalization, but there's a there's a sense of almost uh, an ego aggrandizement at the capacity to withstand that much mm. medicine and energy, and and then I've almost sensed that their their spirit animal has has made them more aggressive. Mm. Or, or lost connection with their human basis. So yeah. in, in that sense, I sorry to interrupt. In that sense, I I don't feel that that expression of the shamanic um, toolkit is necessarily for everyone. I think it's uh, it, as you said, it needs to be handled by someone who is a qualified guide. And uh, the set and setting is correct, and it's not being mixed or played with with other other substances. One hundred percent, and uh, you know the only people who I have sat in ceremony with um, have taken sacred oaths and um, of the of the highest capacities and completely devoted their lives to the sacred oaths of that medicine and are taught from master shamans and master teachers whose unbroken lineages of being master shamans uh, come from the specific land that is the origin point for that specific medicine. Mm -hmm. And that is the path that... Um, I believe in and that is the path that I walk and so for any of you out there who truly feel in the depths of your soul that you're being called to these medicines uh, the teachers and guides who I work with 
Um, many of them are at a yearly gathering called Aniwa, A-N-I-W-A. It's held up in uh, Massachusetts once a year in June. And they bring in some of the most world-renowned indigenous spiritual elders and teachers from from everywhere, whether it's the Maori in New Zealand or the chief of the Ashaninka tribe, Denki Pianko, um, who primarily works with ayahuasca, you know, teachers from all over the world who come from, you know, unbroken lineages of these specific plant medicines. And even them, even even those who come, you know, I've spent quite a bit of time with Benki and sat in ceremony with him and interviewed him. And even though he, for a perfect example, even though he comes from an unbroken lineage of master pajes who work with uh, the spirit of ayahuasca and grandmother medicine, even then he is required and he chooses to undergo the years and years and years of training that it takes to properly hold space and to hold a proper container for that specific plant and for that specific spirit of that plant. So no, no one's excused, you know, from like the many, many years of training and dedication that it takes to hold the proper container. And, uh, you know, other students of his that live with him and, and train with him, you know, I, I, I sit with them as well. And, and that, that's the way that I recommend. And you can meet Benki and some of these other teachers uh, in June at Iowa. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I, you're, you're, you're reminding me of a, of a very close friend who uh, said that she's not permitted uh, to work with a plant from, from the lineage that she's been uh, working with, you're not permitted to work with a plant until that plant has shared its song with you. Yeah. So again, we come full circle back to listening and opening, dilating, receiving. Honoring. Being available. Yeah, exactly. Be, so that we, we can be students. Our curiosity can empower us to get out of our our thinking minds and into our discovery and into these other realms which uh, seem to be what we will meet with when our body dies. Mm. That, that seems to be one of the great medicine uh, powers of these plant allies is to show what's behind the veil before death comes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, we, we're going to need to, to wrap up our, our time soon, but I have a, a question about this. In your experience, um, I mean, it's a fact. Everybody's going to die. The time of death is unknown. So what a powerful, effective spiritual practice really, you know, the, the so what of it is, it should remove the fear of this inevitable moment and feel the intimacy of it. Like in the flamenco world, they call that duende. It's, mm. it's dancing or performing or singing as if your own death is right behind you. And this would be the last mm. performance. So in uh, working with power animals in the shamanic realm, are they seen as, you know, an, an ally that someone would meet after they had gone through physical death and met with ancestor would the spirit animals also be there with them on the other side 
One second, let me tune in to see what they wish to share on that. Mm. They're they're sharing with me for some reason. Uh, the flamingo came in, uh, and yes, the animal who has guided us through our entire lives, um, you know, is definitely there. But once again. Um, you know, if we want to set an intention to, as we cross back over into that limitless, uh, truly infinite uh, stardust nature that we really are, once we cross through and, and through that threshold, if we wish to uh, first be greeted by a particular feeling or color that evokes just something so peaceful for us, we can set that intention, you know, at any point in our lives. Um, I think the flamingo came in just because she delights me so much. You know, what a unique creature in terms of its biodynamic design and the colors and the feathers and the beak and just the way they stand, the way they function. They're just such a unique essence and so in that brief moment when I was tapping into wow like what would be a lovely creature that I would be so honored to be greeted by on the other side the flamingo was just right there with this smile on its face just like thanking me for uh, activating my unique very very unique soul signature and divine blueprint and really bravely and courageously and vulnerably living my my earth mission here uh so she was there to greet me so yeah for anyone interested um you know start to learn about spirit animals about power animals uh really start to cultivate your understanding and relationship with them and then at a certain point uh if you'd like to set an intention if there's a certain one that you know would just like grace your heart with ease and and love to uh meet them on the other side you can set the intention for that animal to be there for you I love it. I, I'm I'm sure I'm going to come into a, a community of uh, cat spirits on the mm. other side. Uh, so we're going to need to wrap up here. Is there anything you would like to share about before we do? I see you have a new book and you're going to be speaking in Tampa soon. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking. It's this beautiful consciousness event called Shine Retreat down in Tampa on uh, March 21st. And I am the headlining speaker there. So I will be uh, sharing a lot of really powerful shamanic techniques, perhaps even doing some uh, spirit animal work for those in attendance. Uh, you can go to the link in my Instagram bio and check it out and get your ticket. Um, you can meet me there. I'm going to be spending some uh, quality time in the VIP room, just chatting with everyone who gets those tickets, but I'll also just be speaking in general that day. So I love, I love meeting people in person, you know, so that would be a great opportunity to do that. And yeah, you can just go to my website, alisoncharles.com or rockstarshaman.com. Both will get you there uh, just to see any of my latest course offerings. I, I teach spirit school and a third eye certified program, both that help people activate their true divine power and especially those who are feeling the call to be a healer themselves learning the entrepreneurial side of that which is very important that you have some good strong balance there so lots of offerings and they're all on my website fantastic thank you so much for your time today and enjoy the weekend 
Aha. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Blessings always, Michael.